0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hotline League, the LCS's finally started edition. I forgot to do an audio check beforehand, so Twitch Chat's going to tell me right now if the audio is okay. And if it's not, then uh, you have them to blame. Either way, I'm joined, as always, by my constant co host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark?
1: It's going great. On uh, hour 10 of my bender. Hour 10?
0: Oh, yeah. Because of your, yeah, you were saying before the show was starting that you have. Are working a lot today.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a busy day. I guess Tuesday and Wednesday are technically kind of my off days. I have a little bit of like riot following up on Slack and stuff, but I'll be able to sit in my underwear for a couple hours at least tomorrow. Nice.
0: Yeah, I've got, uh, mm-hmm. I've been a little out of it today too. So maybe between that and your,
1: I don't know, <laughs> 11th and 12th hours of of work it's 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 funny because depending on like how stressful that work is i feel like i actually peak in like the last couple hours there were were some shoots on offline tv where they were like full day shoots you know and you're just busy like non-stop like both prepping and then like you know getting the shots and all that stuff and like i feel like sometimes that manic energy actually is good for me we'll see if i just crash here if it's if it's the good manic
0: nice well we'll find it might be an interesting episode of hotline league me. so uh i want to give a big shout out to alienware and grubhub for sponsoring the show. As always, we'll talk about them more later in the episode. Uh, shout out to the new R- Alienware Aurora R15 that is behind me. We're getting that set up soon. It'll take over and for my production machine. It showed up, but we'll talk more about that later. Uh, Mark, LCS started.
1: LCS did start, and it was a banger, huh? Yeah!
0: I liked it. I think it was a really I, great opening weekend of LCS. I mean, we'll talk about viewership. We'll talk about all sorts of stuff on the show, but uh, I I loved all the the broadcast. Not all, but most of the broadcast stuff. I think there's obviously some hit or misses situations there, but I feel like even the misses I felt fine with because you guys were trying. Opening different.
1: weekend, everyone, get off our case. We're gonna say weekend accidentally for the next. Month
0: oh, and a half. we did say weekend. I've, I've been I also, saying it constantly. It's Actually, that's been one of the biggest things. Is it is bizarre as somebody who has done this every weekend that it's been for years and years and years and years, like Friday ended and I was thinking to myself, okay, so tomorrow we have Hotline League, the week starts, and instead I'm like, wow, I have a whole weekend. It is it is
1: very strange to get used to. I mean, even just like the blame game, because before it was like, oh, I would go right into Monday and then I would do like all my third party stuff on Monday and I would still be off Tuesday, Wednesday, or Wednesday would usually be on again. I have Tuesday, Thursday off. Like sometimes Friday. And now I'm just like, I guess Saturday, Sunday is technically off, but I had to do the blame game yesterday so that I could come out today. Cause otherwise blame game is coming out Wednesday. And that's just like way too late for like, what is a look back piece of content. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think hotline league is going to get very interesting. Uh, you and I haven't talked about this yet, but next week I am in Arizona speaking on a panel and I fly out on Monday and I get back late Tuesday. So we need to figure out when we're going to do hotline league next week, uh, which should be interesting. Yeah, that's uh, I don't know. It's such maybe a weird we it. It, maybe we should it, just cancel the show forever. Oh, I don't want to do that. That's okay. This is the manic energy I don't need. Uh, <laughs> um, by the way, I so is this a, I feel like this is the first time that you and I have been watching a show in sync together. Uh, I feel
1: like you usually lag behind.
0: I usually lag behind, or I just don't watch it, or I'm watching something else, you're watching something different uh i we won't go into there's no spoilers don't worry but by golly episode g three. episode three of last of us was so good so
1: good. yeah i i didn't play the games so i i got to watch it kind of fresh not knowing what's from the games and yeah. i really got to read about the games and like i think the change is like pretty big but seems pretty good all things considered and like it seems like they were able to like I don't know, still accomplish the goals while radically changing how they got there for like what this encounter is supposed to be.
0: Yeah. And even, even not talking about, even not talking about the sort of changes or anything like that. I just thought it just as an episode of television, it was, it was very, very good. So,
1: yeah, uh, I mean, this is the, the nice thing about this is it's one of those times like, yeah, you change it from the core story, but it's, so fucking good like this is going to be one of those episodes that like i haven't i've seen some reviews about it but people everyone's pretty much universally gushing about it yeah um yeah uh how many
0: episodes are planned does anybody know i hope there's not
1: ten, eight.
0: i assume 8 i assume all all shows are now 8 so yeah oh uh no this this was a
1: crazy nine this was a crazy week of content for me in terms of like watching tv like it was just banger after banger right I couldn't. Well, I missed once, but like, in terms of really good things, I watched The Whale that morning, which you, you haven't watched it yet, still have you?
0: No, no, no. I don't know if I will. I think it's too intense for me.
1: It's. Uh, I, don't know. I mean, it's it's just really good. Um, Aronofsky, the guy who directs it, is like sometimes very artsy, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be some artsy fartsy shit, and like, uh, it's not. It's pretty grounded, and there, but there's still like room for interpretation of like exactly what certain characters' motivations were. Um, and like that ties into the themes and it has like, it had one of those lines. I fucking love when media is able to like condense it's like ethos and like, at least like some of the core themes down to this, like one singular line that in context is like perfect. This had that, um, I feel like, uh, invincible season one had one of those lines. I feel like your name has one of those like moments slash scenes slash lines. I feel like Brandon Sanderson books sometimes have like those, those lines where you're like, Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it, ha- it had one of those, and I was like, ooh, that felt good. Felt bad, but it felt good. I also watched a...
0: I'm making an effort this year, I think, to try to watch more good movies. Because uh, I've always enjoyed watching good movies, even lower-budget stuff. Uh, but in the past couple of years, I think I've been really bad. I feel like there hasn't been as many good things coming out, but I feel like I've been bad about watching stuff that's not blockbusters. I watched Tar. Uh, I need to which, watch
1: that. Is that just Oscar bait?
0: I I it's side awesome it. if I think you would like it I think it was good I could see you being like oh it's too slow or something um, but Kate Blanchett was amazing in it and I it does it just does a lot of very unconventional things it it tell it tells a lot of story by implication um, hmm. and uh, I don't know I thought it was but I it just it's one of those movies where i just had like a constant low level of anxiety the entire time i was watching it um, uh and
1: i, just, I, I yeah. if you're trying to watch good movies this year the whale is very good i would recommend it it's it's not a hard watch it's not it's like it's kind of it's not really slow like the pacing's actually good And there's like actually good plot reveals for what i you know when you hear that it's like an adaptation of a play you're not like really thinking that like that's going to be All that good. Watch the menu. Menu was great. I watched it a while ago. Other things I watched this weekend. So I I started the day with the whale, ended with The Last of Us. Both like woke up basically crying and went to bed basically like crying, watching these fucking things. Physical 100 is such a good reality show on Netflix right now. I tweeted about it. But if you don't know, it's like the premise is so fucking cheesy. It sounds so dumb. It's we're looking for the perfect physique. So we're going to gather 100 athletes and make them compete against each other in a series of challenges to find who has the best physique. It sounds so stupid, but they get like legitimate world-class athletes. This is a Korean show and they get like famous MMA fighters from Korea. They get Olympic gold medalists. They get like fashion guru or um, like uh, fitness gurus from like the internet and stuff. And what's so sick is they introduce them one at a time, basically. And there's a hundred of them and they don't do them all one at a time, but like any big names that they introduce, they, they like kind of walk in. And everyone's like, oh shit, it's that guy. Like none of the competitors realize like how like hypey it was going to get. And so like when like a bunch of Navy SEAL people walk in, they're like, oh my God, that's like that really famous Navy SEAL guy. And then they're like, oh my God, that's that, like that famous gymnast. And oh my God, that's that famous UFC fighter. And you're just like, holy shit. It's so cool that they just keep getting like more and more hype, like people to walk in the door. And like, because it's like Korean culture, like they're all actually very respectful. And like they're cheering when they're like, oh my God, this guy's here versus like, I feel like America, they would like try and shit talk and make it flamey um and then so when the competition starts you have all these like absolute beasts who have been hyped up competing and they're like all commentating on who's surviving and who's not surviving and they're like oh my god that like youtube fitness guru who i thought was just going to be like a bum is actually doing well and they're like i don't know it's so fucking good um oh we just got rated by actual-
0: challengers league again thank you challengers league
1: challengers league we're talking about physical 100 it's yes. great
0: what did you think of challengers league this week mark
1: I did not like you people. I thought that show was terrible and about two decades behind what most comedy is doing about anything on those brands and topics. I thought I that was really fucking sucked.
0: asked you what did you think of Challengers League this week, and you changed to what you didn't like. Anyway, all right. Maybe it's time for us to actually, now that we have a bunch of people watching from... Uh, League of Legends competitive esports fandom. We should start the show talking about actual stuff. Uh, right, let's get into it. So one, I didn't. You know, we we were trying to think of a guest for this week. I think we reached out to. I reached out to a couple of different people. People were mostly kind of busy. I actually think that's okay because I think there is so much for us to dive into that we don't really need a third this week to talk about anything specific. And quite frankly, there's such a variety of stuff that like you get a pro player on, they're not going to want to talk about viewership. They're not going to talk want to talk about I don't know. Analyst desk. Yeah, yeah, and then you get other guests on. They don't want to necessarily talk about uh, what teams were doing, and all that stuff. So I think between Mark and I, we can do a pretty good job of handling all the topics. We should get pro
1: player for next week to t- heavily hit on like what's going on in LCS. But I think this is going to be a pretty broad one. Yeah,
0: we will. We will do what we can. Uh, but let's see. What are all the things to talk about? So we have a huge amount of content that dropped the day before. I'm trying to think of everything in order. Uh, we had a huge amount of content that dropped, including Surprise Test, which, by the way, I think beat everyone else's content. Uh, feels good. Uh, but uh, Riot had their hype piece come out. There's a bunch of cool stuff. Um, and then they dropped even more uh, the day of the start of LCS. We have all the broadcast stuff to talk about, um, which I think is like considerable. I'm sure we'll get several calls about that. Uh, the teams and how they're doing. Team Liquid. With a zero two, I think is the like more most dramatic thing from this weekend. Uh I don't know if you can think of anything else
1: more I mean I think PL, C L G and TSM being two zero, zero two is like all equally surprising. Yeah. Um and like all of them are basically asking like you're basically asking the question like is this actually their level or are they gonna rise slash fall?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, so to that end, before we get any into anything, I thought of a fun game that we could play. And I did not tell you this. Okay. So, Mark, you your power rankings for last week were, from the top, number one FlyQuest, two Evil Geniuses, 300 Thieves, four Team Liquid, five Cloud9, six Dignitas, seven CLG, eight Golden Guardians, nine TSM, and ten Immortals. I'm um, going to offer you a chance right now to change two things about this list. Why what, would I? Given that you have week one done, you can go back in time and you can you know tell yourself, Mark, Mark, I don't have much time. Just alter these two things on the list. What do you do?
1: I change exactly one thing.
0: Only one out of the I, two?
1: I move CLG from seventh to sixth above dig. That's it?
0: You keep TSM at nine. You keep TL where there are, they are.
1: If I was going to be serious, I think I'd probably swap hundred thieves and C nine, uh, okay. or maybe like some combination of C nine to three, maybe TL to 500 to four, you know, like something like that. Yeah. Um, but I also don't want to overreact too much based off, um, kind of what happened this weekend. Like, um, So, for example, I, I don't act, maybe maybe I'll say this for for topics and stuff since I'll probably end up arguing about it.
0: Okay, I just thought. Uh, it like, was kinda, yeah, I, I,
1: no, okay. that's that was a fun question. I answered yeah. it, but I don't want to go too deep into my reasoning because then I'll just be taking caller topics. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Uh, so
0: we also have the games, obviously, and how the results went. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, those are all obviously all very very broad topics, but if uh, chat can think of anything else that they want us to sort of drop as a potential topic for callers, I'm happy to grab that. Oh, Aphromoo retiring, that's true. I am w- I, sad that Aphromoo retired. I'm even more sad, I think, that Aphromoo retired by announcing it like the day before, the day of LCS starting or the day before, uh, it was just a weird time for that news to break.
1: It, it felt like, that, dude, that day was crazy because I was in rehearsals for LCS for yeah. the, like the opening day. And just every team put their content out that day. We put out content that day. Afro retired that day. And so like, I was just slamming content between like rehearsals and like, like it was just like a fucking whirlwind day.
0: It was the, I feel like it was interesting. What was very clear to me was that everybody was working up to the last minute to finish their content (laughs) because (laughs) we had just a massive drought of content for so, so, so long. And I know LEC started a little bit before us, but they had so much content coming up for a while. Etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and um, and the the I've never seen just so much content come out all on one day, uh, like I did the day before LCS, which I thought was really cool. It, it hit pretty hard the idea from all angles that LCS was starting and sort of helped the teams put their stakes in the ground, and all that type of thing. So I thought it was
1: I think great. it was cool. I wonder if it was better than like a week and a half ramp up, <laughs> yeah, because like. In theory, if you were just busy that day as an LCS fan, you know, like well, you're on point. Reddit and it's gone. It's like it's you know, fortunate
0: like, that everybody was kind of like everybody waited to last minute to drop stuff. I mean, myself included, I could have tried to get that surprise test out earlier or something. I don't know. But um, I uh, I think I think it it would have been nice. It was really cool to see it all in one day, but I agree like from a marketing perspective, there was very little push in the week leading up to LCS until like the the last minute. So that's a a bummer,
1: yeah. Yeah. I do like, like the the ideal situation is both. You have a week and a half of promo and then like a really heavy hitting day right before or something. Yeah. Yep. yep.
0: All right. Well, uh, do you want to explain how the show works?
1: I will explain. We are doing pretty good on topic. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a tough night given that we got raided and it's opening weekend and stuff, but you can always try your hand at getting in onto the show. It is a live call-in show. Go ahead and join the Discord, which I just spanned in Twitch chat. When you get there, go ahead and join one of the voice channels, Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls 2, whatever it is. Uh, once you join that channel, please mute so we don't you know, pick up any background noise. Uh, and then in the Pleb Topics text channel, that's where you're gonna put uh, your topic, what it is that you're interested in talking about. I'll be scanning this on and off throughout the show, looking for topics to pull. If I like your topic, I'll pull you from the uh, area that you are hanging out in in the voice channel down to the waiting room where you will hang out until it's your turn to come on the air. We'll do a quick mic check, make sure you're good. And then we will uh, talk about whatever it is you're talking about.
0: Yeah. And if you are a sub, first off, thank you for being a sub. Really do appreciate it. There's always a drop in subs around this time of
1: year. So uh, nice to see everybody coming in and supporting us. You you know what? I am such a fan of the changes to the time slot of the LCS. Is Challenger League going to end every... Is the Salt League going to end every time right when we go live, basically? Yes.
0: But I was already told they don't plan to rate us every time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they pass it around because there's there's other academy streamers and <laughs> i know like i know
1: I'm, I'm kidding i'm kidding
0: so i don't know you know it's at that level we start to become a we start to get maybe too much support from riot games people my critics yeah, will yeah, yeah. come out of the woodwork to complain
1: yeah maybe they're uh maybe they'd only talk to you about important information yes exactly uh anyway
0: <clears throat> let's talk about some should stuff you, a, you want to grab our colors yeah yeah Okay. Off Mark goes, thank you to EU Lizard, uh, Ketiosa, uh Colorado Frost, Smoke Dog, Trevor Monreal, uh, Captain Charisma, Evil Trenton, Papaya Pepper Spartan, Schmidtunk, and uh, yeah, cool. thanks everybody. We got our first caller here. B-Will Roku is here. B-Will, where are you calling from?
2: Uh, Akron, Ohio. Um,
0: Akron, Ohio. What do you want to talk about on the show?
2: Well, I already knew this was going to be a little bit of a hot take, but then I got like the five gods of Exodia, Slowbro, Blue Jay, everybody reacting to it in the in the chat. But
1: He got a lot uh, of emoji I, reactions.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I personally think that Cutie Cinderella on opening day was the single worst broadcast decision that Riot has ever made. And I think it shows an absolute lack of respect for their historical or core audience in an effort to get the Zoomers in um, and the Cake with Spica clip was by far the cringiest piece of content that has ever made it onto the live broadcast.
1: So Did you ever watch Sushi Sushi, sushi Dragon? <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, maybe
2: maybe it's tied for worse. <laughs> hey, hey
0: don't talk on um, Sushi. I love Sushi. Maybe not the best <laughs> yeah. place for him. Um, at the I'm just end saying
2: that if you thought that was cringe, I wonder what he thought about yeah. Sushi yeah. Dragon. So No, and, and I actually like Sushi Dragon also, but it's it's actually helps make my take is that like there's a time and a place for everything um and i think cutie cinderella doing content with players and releasing that throughout the week has a place but putting it on the live broadcast makes me want to just be a vod viewer. even you know disrespective of the of the time changes and everything else i do not want to watch that content at all i've been watching League since 2015 um, i've stood through all the ups and downs and changes uh time slot and everything but if that's the kind of content they're going to put on the broadcast, I, I'll just watch VODs and watch nothing but the game.
0: So, okay, let's let's dive in on a couple different things here. One, uh, how much like traditional sports do you watch?
2: Uh, I am a, a big Ohio sports fan, Cleveland Browns, Ohio State Buckeyes. I watch a ton of traditional sports. So I think,
0: yeah, I've been thinking about this. I, I do think it will be interesting to see how many people, because clear, clearly you feel a little alienated by the decision for riot to take the broadcast on Thursday in a direction that I feel is more like the types of streaming content that you see these days on Twitch and YouTube um, and you know like that that segment with her and Spika you know I know she does she did like the banking competition right before it was kind of I think something that's born from her content you know you look at a lot of the biggest events on on Twitch these days and it is from these uh, streamers doing these kind of more unique, authentic, off-the-cuff, unscripted things. And I can understand why somebody uh, like yourself is not as excited about seeing that type of thing. Um, I think the problem is, and part of the reason why you're seeing such pushback from people in chat and uh, elsewhere, is just because there's been a bit of a craving for what feels like a, a more authentic LCS uh, there was a couple years ago where I think we talked about on the show. The mantra for LCS was like, "Okay, the script now says everyone has fun, so everyone <laughs> go have fun," and uh, and and it felt like that to me. That was more, and I fucking hate the word cringy now because I feel like it's so used a bunch. But uh, the the more cringy type of content was where you know, like it it was not something. I, I would rather see something that feels awkward on stream, but also feels authentic because it's like two people just having like a, a goofy conversation than see something where you know you're you're basically just missing a laugh track. Um, so um, that is why I think I'm I'm pretty okay with the cutie Cinderella stuff. But hey, one last question on this. I know sorry I talked for a while, but what did you think of day two though? Will?
2: I actually really enjoyed day two. I think day two hit the mark for you get the more authentic content without the cringe. I think the the biggest reason why I think Cutie Cinderella was super out of place is like, did she have to remind us 10 times throughout the broadcast that she was hard-stuck bronze? Like, did she have to tell Spica during the Yumi cake clip, no questions, five times? Like, she just felt very out of place. And I get it. Like, she's she's passionate about League. She really likes the game. Um, She's an advocate for it. But... Could we have not had authentic content with an X pro like Sneaky? Could Sneaky not have had authentic content with the C9 players after their win? I, I think that she could. They could. Yeah, um, I think- And I just don't see why she's the guest. Like, why do we have to bring in somebody that only the Zoomers care about? I've never heard of her before. And she admitted herself she's terrible at the game. I'm hard-stuck bronze. Why couldn't I be on the show? I just she, don't think she had a place.
0: She's actually, yeah, she, so I assume you don't watch much Twitch content because uh, she's super, super popular. Um, and I don't even think just with the Zoomers, but uh, I don't know. Mark I have a couple things, but Mark, why don't you go ahead? Because I've been talking for a while.
1: Yeah, I, I think that there is one point of criticism I will absolutely agree with. And I think it's the first segment we had her on for where she like ranked her streamer friends or whatever. I think on an opening day, first 30 minutes of the show with so many changes and things to cover. That was probably the wrong call, but I think the between game segments and her interviews and stuff still got you to have funny moments with the pro players and and this kind of stuff. I think she actually did a really good job considering how cringe some other things have been. I know you still found it cringe, um, but given the reaction of Twitch chat and the generally positive sentiment I saw on those later interviews, um, both the C9 one and the speaker one that like uh, more or less she did what she was supposed to. The thing is, what she was supposed to do is still going to be divisive for people like B. Will Roku, who, again, we are identified as the traditional sports model. Um, and this is where even I am still like a little, like, eh, you know, I come from a traditional sports background. I like traditional sports. I, I understand certain why each camp is the way that it is. At the end of the day, we're on Twitch. Like, we're on YouTube. We are a live stream. We can say that we're a traditional sport in a lot of ways, and we are in a lot of ways, but we also are a Twitch stream in plenty of ways as well. And I think um, there is a push and one that I am hoping that we jump into two feet first, just to try it and and actually commit to it where we are more Twitch stream facing. And like um, the idea is to make entertaining content, not cringe, not comedic all the time. Not everything is cutie Cinderella interviews and like, haha, XD, lull. but like high engagement content rather than talking heads, let's pull some assets. Here's some B roll, here's a full screen, here's a lower third stat. And we're talking about pre-games or post-games kind of thing. I think there's a a bigger push to be like, well, um, we want viewers to not walk away from the uh, screen during the downtime they might have to for bathroom breaks and stuff, but otherwise like a lot of people just all tab out. And I saw a lot of sentiment saying that they were more engaged during these downtimes this weekend than they had been in the past. Um, So like there are some people like B will Roku who, you know, like it it is a very different kind of content. So I understand why it is somewhat alienating. um, But like, I think this is something that, I don't think everything's going to be as over the top as the opening day was with Cutie Cinderella. And I think you can raise the point that, hey, maybe opening day is not the right time for something that's a little bit more off like color than what we typically do. And like, I, I think there's a conversation to be had about that, but I do appreciate that she was a very different look that people were able to get more out of Spica and Whippo than like, m- and or, uh, Fudge and uh, uh, Blabber, excuse me, than like most of our interviews typically do.
0: Yeah, I think, I... oh, go ahead.
2: Uh, I was going to say, I, I agree with getting uh, people on that are going to get more personality out of the players. I I have for a long time agreed with a lot of the sentiment on this show that like we need better narratives. I think probably the most successful between game segment between the two days was actually like the little story time thing where Emily was leading story time and then they did the closer mm-hmm. drawing thing. Like We got to know more about closer. We had an entertaining segment, but it didn't hit on cringy it was still informational they had a lot of fun and that even though it's not traditional sports broadcast and it's not what i'm used to i'm okay with that kind of content And i actually really enjoyed that segment i just think well baking yumi cakes with speakers is not is not the right way my wife kind of ridicules <laughs> me for watching lcs and she walked in during the cake with speaker thing and was like what is this and i told her i was watching lcs and she said Can they just go back to the games? This is awful. And my wife doesn't even like League and she would have rather me been watching a game than watching of Baking Cakes. Uh,
1: So unfortunately, the turnaround time is something that exists no matter what. Uh, We're never there. Like we might be filler content, but we're not like a filler arc in anime where we're literally just stalling for fun. You know, like uh, we need to get, like there's 15 minutes basically no matter what that every broadcast in the world has minimum. 15 minutes of turnaround time when you have new teams taking the stage. Uh, so no matter what, some content's got to go there. We can't just start the game. Sorry to your wife, um, but <laughs> I think um, the the I think there's a, a misconception that like entertainment and high engagement means no analysis, and I think that's where we're gonna have to try and make sure we find the mark. Obviously, opening day was not quite that. I, I think you you yourself have said that day two was closer to that. Like um, high engagement analysis content is like more like a blame game which is like snappier and faster and has more cuts and edits and things like that than um when it's four talking heads as it's called in the business and you just have four people sitting around and shooting the shit. Um I think that kinds of talking heads will be less prominent and this is a- another topic that w- that's kind of touched on. Someone some people and a lot of people are talking about it like dash still fits into this model even if it's not the talking heads model. Uh, and I don't want to look like I'm hiding from that conversation. I agree that yeah, a, a professionally trained actor can obviously fit <laughs> a lot of of different roles than just the host of the talking heads segment. So, you know, I understand that that point that a lot of people had as well. Um but like that's a different conversation. Um I just wanted to acknowledge that that uh, uh I- but but uh the final thing I was going to say is just that I think the, the the general approach, and I I feel like somewhat obligated to talk about this because I don't think the LCS did a good job presenting what we were going for prior to the to opening day and stuff. Like I saw people thinking we legitimately just weren't going to have an analyst desk and stuff. And like that frustrated me that like we didn't do, not me specifically, but like the LCS did not communicate what the desk was going to look like. And so people like you are just like slapped in the face with this like stuff that you weren't ready for. Um, and like, I understand why it's jarring. And like, that's why I'm trying to be more vocal now that like, we're going, I think, and it's fluid still. Like we're going to adapt to what people are liking and not liking. But I think the the general idea is like let's have higher interest pieces, uh, more effort in between games than we used to do, which is more sports center esque talking head.
0: I think the other thing I will I will say about the stuff is I think I am happy that you said that you like the buipos stuff on Friday because I think that is a good. Balance for the broadcast where one, I'd love to see them have a special guest every day. I think that it, I kind of think of it as though it's a podcast or something along those lines. Like, there are times where my favorite podcasts have a guest on that I'm less interested in, but other people might be more interested in, vice versa. I'm sure that happens with Hotline League. I mean, we see obviously see viewership variation as depending on who we have on and what the topics are, but I think. Balancing like the special guests with like, and I know you'll hate this, obviously be will with somebody who is like a cutie Cinderella, maybe is a fan of league, but is also not an expert or ex pro or something like that. And then also having a day where you have something like sneaky come in. I think that that could be a really great thing for the league because I I mean, the reality is uh, be will that the league is struggling and it needs to, it needs to to reach a wider audience than it has been. And I do think that like, there was a funny clip of Hassan flaming cutie Cinderella. And he's like, why'd they have her on or something? And that tweet would vocal, you know, he's watching the LCS on his stream because cutie, P- cutie Cinderella is there. I know you maybe don't even know who is now that I realize it, but like <laughs> it is, it, this is, it's, it is getting the league more exposure. Um, and I think that that is like a good thing to try at least for spring split.
2: Yeah, I I agree with getting guests on. I think the uh, using pro play like when Vulcan casted a game like that that's great content that gives us more of his personality that can you know bring um, some more viewers. And I don't disagree with having guests on. I just feel like th- there had to have been at least ten better choices. Like,
0: I mean, Sneaky's Tyler not going to bring a new audience, <laughs> right? Like, Wippo's <laughs> not going to bring a new audience. I I Even think it is that point, for all of us. Like,
1: even Tyler one and the LCS fan overlap is probably pretty big. Uh You know, like if you know who Tyler one is, you probably know what the LCS is. Right.
2: Maybe, maybe if interesting you interesting person cared about league. If it, let's, let's say cutie Cinderella brings in 5,000 viewers for the day that she's on. Are they coming back on Friday when she's not there? Cause I not all, all 5,000, but, but invas- the idea is that you
0: cat you keep 500 maybe, you know, like that's, that's the, the hope is that, yeah, if, even if some people aren't there, or maybe some of those people tune into the finals because they hear it's a really cool thing. And so, you know, whenever they hear that the finals are happening, it's cool. I think maybe another and great th- guest would be Skara, right? Maybe he's somewhere in between. Uh, Mark, go
1: ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and they're not mutually exclusive, Travis's point. Like, there's like I pitched a segment with Sneaky today that, like, hopefully we can get him. And, and a lot of the times, it's not just, like, the LCS can fucking make anyone they want appear. Like, if Sneaky doesn't want to show up to the LCS because we're not paying... Like, I could be wrong. I don't think we're paying day rates for these people, like, to to do this, you know? Like, I I could be wrong again, but, like, you know... um, Mark Zerwin
0: confirms Riot Games scamming influencers.
1: We'll pay you an exposure, guys. Come on down. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of logistical reasons to getting guests beyond, like... Yeah. You know, oh, we just get whoever we want. We should have got the biggest league streamer in North America or whatever. Yeah. No, I think that's Papa true. Smithy said they're paying day rates. Well, there you go. So day rates at least is a an easier thing to deal with. Who knows who's going to agree to what rates? Because uh, you still need to negotiate about that stuff and what days they want to come down and, and who knows. Well, you know, and
0: like- you almost like I I am a big believer in making day rates fair for people. I also think yes. there's a world where if you start offering people too much money. It's like, are they coming on because they want like the opportunity and they like the LCS, or is it just start to become like a money making opportunity? You don't want a situation where people are coming on for the I mean
1: take. I I love the the game awards, but like why the fuck is Al Pacino there? You know, like I don't think we, we want to go that route. At least Cutie Cinderella does play league and, and likes it. Yeah.
0: Uh J Lo in the chat, I don't know if this is true or not, but I will dominate was asked if he would go on and he said no. But like that for me, that's the perfect type of example of a type of person who could go
1: on the broadcast. Uh, yeah, I would. Lo- I, I mean, like, I've, I've pitched Dom Collins and stuff like that during countdowns and whatnot. Yeah,
0: people people are angry at us, I think, for being so friendly to the caller here. But uh, and my, I don't think are that people the mad at seemed, us or the caller. No, no, they're mad at us uh, and the caller. But I don't think I don't think it's that. Like, I think this is look. If you are somebody who's been a longtime fan of the LCS, I think there's nothing wrong with you saying, "Hey, I'm used to having." like League of Legends, eSports, endemic people on my show because, I think, quite frankly, I think the LCS did a really poor job of pulling uh, other people in. Now, don't be a dick about it like people were to Sakuno and Lili Picchu and Michael Reeves, but I think it's fair to say, like, this is not the content for me um, as, as the content changes a little bit. So either way, Bebo, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out?
2: Uh, yeah, I just wanted to shout out Alienware and Grubhub, uh, Travis's new haircut. And uh, I've seen a lot of people in chat mentioning Mr. Beast. I think he'd be a perfect person to have on. He loves League. He's got probably the biggest following out of anybody. Let's get him on next. That, that's, yeah. a, that's a good.
1: We're, you're going to
0: yeah. have to see a couple more people from the broadcast leave before
1: they can afford Mr. Beast day rate. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> well, Mr. Beast, Mr. Beast did Worlds, but what's the difference intrinsically between Mr. Beast and Cutie Cinderella? They both like League. They both make non-League content. I know one's bigger, and obviously bigger better. But is
2: there any I, other difference? I mean, I, I, at least, I, you know, I know who Mr. Beast is, and I don't watch all of his content. I think some of the stuff he does is is pretty goofy, but I, I can't imagine it being as cringe. I, I can't see Mr. Beast making Yumi cakes with Spica. Like, he, he'd give, you know, Spica a chocolate factory or something. Who knows? But like, I, I just, I feel like that content would. Uh, you be just don't like cake content. A little bit more friendly. And you're, it's especially like He's somebody who has voiced his desire to have a team one day. So like bring him into the scene. Open the arms and, and just welcome Mr. Beast. Speaker
1: hit you with the L, so you're you're officially you've lost the argument now. Speaker in <laughs> chat said L. Goodbye.
2: Thanks. That's all it. right. Speaker
0: so Catch you next time. All right. On to the next caller. Uh or actually maybe we, is Mark still here? Yeah, we let's do it. Let's do a quick break. One second. Let me, let Where me would I go? To show. I to the other room because sometimes I say let's take a break, and then I realize you've already switched. But I have my room.
1: cam on. You can see what room I'm in.
0: <clears throat> let's move on. Anyway, let's talk about Alienware. So behind me, officially, I've been uh, installing new software and getting all the updates going and getting everything going to transfer over to. The new Alienware Aurora R15, Aurora.
1: Aurora. R15. Yeah. Oh, Alienware Aurora.
0: One of those nights. Uh, and I am very, very excited about this. This is a 4090 in it. It's got a four terabyte SSD, an i9-13900K. So it's just a fantastic beast of a computer. I really appreciate Alienware sending it my way uh, because it's the type of thing that I'm going to be able to use for quite some time. And uh, we'll put a lot of 4K videos exported out from that video or from that computer, which is going to be fantastic to have as another piece of hardware for the Travis Gafford Industry Studios. Uh, either way, thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. If you would like to go check out their stuff, you can do so at alienware.com/travis. There's a link in the description. Uh, actually, this seems overkill for Genshin. I might be streaming some Genshin tonight. We'll see. Uh, either way, thanks so much to Alienware for sponsoring. The show and uh, really appreciate their support. Mark is off to grab the next caller. Thank you to Gavocado, TSG Crush, User Leet, Danny Grimm, Mithril Blue, darking Beans, the Dixie Cup for gifting us up to LS, uh, Gotcha J, McDuggan, Sherman is here. Thank you, Sherman. A Karn Liberated. Thank you. Is A Karn Liberated a Magic the Gathering reference? All right. Mark should be here any second. Hello. It's Hello. Wait, is this Tom Solo Mid?
1: Yeah, yeah I'm rebranding. Uh oh. All right. Okay. Not Tom Solo Mid, guys. It's T-Bone 1337. Mm-hmm. Lead gamer T Bone coming in oh, with a hot Mark, take. Mark,
0: Mark, you know, I actually have to moderate the comments and everything uh whenever he comes on. Okay. What's up, Tom Solo Mid? What do you want to talk about?
3: You have to moderate the comments? Okay. Uh, my take is that um, Bwipo should be the starting jungler for TL. I think that he's a better uh, jungler than Piosik. And more importantly, I think that Bwipo would actually kind of care what TL seems to be lacking right now. Now, like, yeah, it was only one week. Maybe this was just, like, a freak weird, like, I don't know. But even Impact talked about how TL just doesn't have direction right now. And if you want, like, an actual direction on the team, Bwipo is one of those players who could actually, like, you know, tell the team, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. This is when we're going to uh, go
1: in. I, I got to say two things. One, this is not Tom Shoe. Tom Solomit is another famous hotline lead caller. All right, different people. Second off, these first two topics have gotten strong reactions out of Twitch chat. Yeah, Every time, yeah. once, once the person starts going, it just turns into an avalanche of, of Twitch, Twitch chat.
0: Yes. All right, so what... Is this based off of the performance from this past weekend that you're saying this?
3: Um, yes, but also to be completely honest, I kind of had an adverse reaction to TL signing Piosic from the start because this just like to me seemed like it was 2020 with Broxa all over again of just like okay, you have a team that like goes to world finals, and yes, uh, DRX actually won instead of what Fnatic did, but just taking the worst piece of a worlds winning roster and just assuming that it will be a top three player in the league. And I just don't think that Piosik was ever going to be a top three jungler in LCS. And it's just like, it's clear from what I'm seeing so far that one, that's true. And two, again, just like on the Bwipo side of things, you know, if even Impact is saying this team just has no direction, I really think that Bwipo could actually give this team a direction. And yes, that direction is towards enemy Fountain, but still, that's something.
1: All right, Mark. Give us the week I, thought one. This was a, I thought this was a Travis take. Was it? Who do you like better? Who do you like better? Whippo or TL Mark slash TL Pioshik? He's been hilarious. They, were, they put put both Whipo created great the... content this weekend. Um Right, but if you put Whippo on the LCS team, he can't be on the desk as much.
0: Yeah, but then Mark can be. And then you can have two marks. <laughs> Three marks. Uh,
1: we're joking about a day where like it's me, Kedril, Rafa, and Piosik, and we yeah. all just go by Mark.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, um, what, what do you think between uh, Wippo and and Piosik?
1: Okay, so so I think I'll, I'll get the ca- I'll sh- elephant out of the room. Not going to fucking happen. Wippo can't speak Korean. The whole premise of this roster is that they all speak Korean and that they can all play together. One, this seems to have created some confusion that they're all Korean because on his cast, Vulcan said that Spika was the only NA player on the Rift. But like, hello, Yan, Jan is NA. FlyQuest and, and TL actually have the exact same composition in terms of, like, where people are coming from. Um, so, some of them could swap back to English. In fact, probably most of them, Summit would be the one who would struggle swapping back to English. Uh, I think Core would be fine. So, like, in that sense, like, sure, maybe, but it does go against the entire ethos of the rest of the team to just, like, slop whippo in there and then be like, okay, everyone who was speaking in Korean, let's speak English now. Uh and then they also are trying, as far as I can tell from their content, to emulate a Korean grind set mentality where they're scrimming a lot. I've been talking to Spawn, the academy coach, and they're doing like triple blocks and stuff. Um, so like, I think there's actually a somewhat legitimate case about like at least in the West, Whippo jungling and looking good. You know, like how close is this comparison? It's actually not that far off, I would say. And I do think the criticisms of Pioshik or like of of the signing of Pioshik hold up. I mean, Steve sometimes grabs. Big names. We know that. Um Pioshik was a big name because he just won the World Championship. But I think anyone could tell you that like he's not like a, a roster defining jungler the way like Canyon, Kanavi, some of like the, the best in the world sometimes are. Um But I also don't think he's that terrible or like he's awful and needs to go. Like I don't think this weekend was his fault. I talked about that a little bit in the blame game this this time. Um I think Summit had the worst weekend by far of any team liquid member. Uh he was just running it a little bit. Um, so I I am a, one. I'm a TL apologist. They got two rookies. They're they're grinding hard. They're gonna get better. Yeah, but I mean, their I, rookies
3: were performing better than their imports. No,
1: not don't you, you got me there, man. Like Summit, like I said, was what was that? Um, yeah, swap Summit for Whippo, Maybe that's the angle. Maybe swap both them for Whippo and Buipo plays on two computers. Or or Bradley and Whippo. No. <laughs>
0: The biggest thing is that I just feel like that roster is more bought in right now on Piosik. So even if you like theoretically think that like he's a better player for the team, I think it's just not gonna work in a world where like those those other four guys are like I can't imagine going to those other four guys and being like, by the way, guys, we now got Blippo in. We gave
1: Piosic one weekend and uh some it fed, so well, it's Bhippo's mean... turn. <laughs> Uh, even if tom's saying like mid split things don't get better then you go to whipo like even then it still just seems to clash with the entire identity of how this roster was built and i'm not ready to give up on this roster at all if that was a shit weekend i've had shit weekends and then our team rallies and gets a little bit better so you know what you take the zero two sometimes it feels bad you grind it out you get out there and you, you be somebody next can week. can i offer a counterpoint real quick no okay
0: yes go go ahead <laughs> i was
1: kidding i didn't think you'd say okay
3: Look, I, I always yes and well like I, I wasn't saying like this whole weekend is just like defining I just kind of thought this was gonna be Broxa all over again. Let's say by the end of the split that they're still not top three with this roster. Like, do you think that Steve just says, okay, we'll be better by summer? Or do you think that you they should. make changes?
1: I think you kind of have to evaluate how you get there. Like if let's say summit is just perma coin flip either running it and costing you half your games or Smashing half of them, you know, like, but your rookies look pretty good. And like, maybe Pioshik stabilizes. Like, I, I can kind of see a world where you're like, maybe we just want a more stable top laner or something. Um, I'm not like fully opposed to any roster changes if this team needs them, but like, I would, it would really depend on what's actually happening and costing them wins. Cause if their rookies are just struggling to keep pace with like Prince and Vikla or something, you know, and like, then like, okay, well, they'll get better with time, I assume. And let's, let's see how summer goes and stuff. Hello?
0: Am I supposed to respond Travis to that? I thought that was just... Yeah, I <laughs> Travis was muted. I muted. I muted. Uh, I here. Help me out here, Mark.
3: Okay. Uh,
0: here's the argument against Team Liquid and the the anti hype for them is... Because everybody, I feel like, has targeted Piosik, but it's pretty easy to actually just target this whole team. Be like, oh, yeah, Piosic was super overhyped, got carried in World Finals. Summit was so bad that he got kicked from his team after Spring. After
1: winning MVP, yeah. yeah.
0: Core JJ had one of his worst seasons ever previously, and there's these two unproven rookies. So it's I think it's interesting because I am not saying that that is like the narrative that is a fair one for Team Liquid, but it is like kind of a – those are all true things, and I feel like a, there's been a lot of emphasis put on the Team Liquid narrative of, oh, yeah, they all speak Korean, by the way, and also, uh, you know, they're going to grind hard, and it's Team Liquid. So, of course, it's going to be a top team. And I think there's an argument to be had that,
1: like, no, eh, maybe people over indexed on that side. Maybe. But, like, the I don't know if you watch their squad. They've, they've had pretty good content. But, like, the team seems to get along very well. And I do think that there is to the point of CLG. So did Golden Guardians of, last year. <laughs> What's
0: that? I said, so did Golden Guardians last year.
1: No, they didn't. That was a fucking lie they told the cameras, and it was not true. Oh, okay. <laughs> we all know Uh, Travis Travis we're in some of the same groups here buddy I know you saw what we what was talk golden guardians (laughs) yeah last year
0: yeah whatever we'll talk
1: about this later did they not fucking bench one of their players and sign river
0: oh yeah yeah but that was that was like at the GM level that was not uh like because the team wasn't getting along Whatever. Okay. Anyway, let's yeah, move so on. So,
1: anyways, the point is that uh, CLG, you know, with the power, of friendship, and stuff, did quite good. Uh, and yeah, if this team is. has the power, of friendship, and young rookies, and they're working hard, then let's uh, let's uh, let's see how they do.
0: Yeah. All right. Is there eighty world mark where they bring back Whippo?
1: They would have to like I think just like legitimately change the identity of the team, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're,
0: they're probably booting multiple
1: people at that point in time. Right, right, right. I don't know. I'd, but I do think Bwipo could see the LCS. I, I said that I predicted him on, on the show to uh, get some offers halfway through the year.
0: Yeah. T-Bone, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller?
3: Uh, for once, I'm finally going to shout out myself. I've been streaming a little bit. T-Bone underscore 1337 on Twitch. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Very good. Thanks so much. All right. Mark is off to grab the next caller. Thank you to uh, bumbling support for the five gifted subs and too short for you for 28 months. Thank you, everybody. Twitch chat. All arguing about this. I think I feel like Team Liquid is going to be an interesting discussion point this year. Janked is
1: here. Janked, where are you calling from? Team Liquid is always a lightning rod. Every um, year.
0: No, that's, uh, that's been like last year and then into this year. Previously, it was TSM. Jankt, where are you calling from?
4: Hello, I'm calling from Norway.
0: Norway! Hey, we love yep. our Norwegian callers. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show?
4: Uh, I want to talk about uh, the fact that the uh, LCS starts on Thursdays and, um, and Fridays now. Uh, makes it really hard for European fans to watch it. <laughs> What time Live, is it there? Uh, it starts, like... My time, it starts uh, 11 p.m.
0: Okay, but what time is it there now?
4: Uh, it's uh, almost 5 a.m.
0: Okay, so you're up now. Uh,
4: the LCS would be Are over by this point that, in time. Are you
1: saying Hotline League is a better show than the LCS and you'll stay up for us, but not the LCS? No, 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 no. Listen. Uh, <laughs>
4: listen, listen. So... Um, I'm not the usual European viewer probably because I work uh, night shifts and uh, evening shifts and stuff. So right now I'm um, preparing for my night shift next night. So that's why I'm staying up.
5: Mm -hmm.
4: Okay.
0: That's fair. I was just teasing. Obviously it's rough. Um, I mean, okay. So obviously this is true. It it doesn't affect you. Do you have friends that it's affecting or maybe you can elaborate a little bit on, yeah. Sort of how well, you've seen this it affect-
4: Yeah, it affects me the weeks where I don't work night shift and evening shift, I guess, but I'm like, uh, I'm thinking of it like in a uh, general perspective for people who go to school and only work night shift like normal people.
0: Well, let me ask you because you're an EU viewer of the LCS. Did you watch LCS more than LEC? Like, what made you watch the LCS previously? Because I actually know very okay. little about the LEC fan, or sorry, European fans of the LCS, because obviously they do make up a decent amount of the viewership, but we know very little.
4: Yeah. Uh, so I started playing League in like the end of season three, and uh, at the start of season four, I was looking for uh, a team to cheer for, so I started watching uh, EU LCS and NA LCS, and uh, I like the. NA broadcast more. So I started watching only NALCS. Uh, and uh, and I was looking for content on YouTube and stuff. So, and uh, I ended up with Tim Liquid with Mark
1: and the boys. Old school. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. All right.
0: And then what made uh, you decide so, to keep watching LCS?
1: Yeah. I was going to say, have, have you picked up LEC or are you
4: still only NA? Yeah, so this is the first year I've actually started watching some uh, LEC and that's, uh, I guess, because of the start timers. Interesting. But but I did did catch, I was able to catch the first week of uh, LCS as well because uh, I was working evening shifts.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is a tough situation. I don't know... I mean, the it feels like the only option really was to keep LCS on the weekends as a means. Like it, it's ironic that the main argument was, "Hey, we want to make it so that it's easier to, for everybody to watch." Um, yeah, but when they when they
4: wanted to put it at noon, right?
0: Right, but you put it at noon, it's not actually easier for North America to watch. You put it at two, it's not actually easier yeah. for Europe to watch. So like the whole yeah. overlap, like you know, it's hard to choose what to watch. Blah blah blah. I don't feel like that was ever going to be a good argument because even if I am happier that this thing is at two than twelve, I don't. I can understand why it sucks as an EU fan of the LCS to feel like now this thing's on way later. Do
4: you? Yeah, but go ahead. I mean, if it helps, if it helps the, uh, if the if it helps the LC, uh, LCS in the long run, that um, like, it gets more. North American watchers, so that it survives longer. I guess then I'd say it's worth it. But
1: well, yeah, it sucks yeah. right now for European fans. I think it's it's weird to me because the LCS, uh, the the Riot Global uh, people that Travis had an interview with mentioned the fact that the LCS was actually the second highest performing like revenue generating league um, behind obviously China um, and. So you would think that like as long as you can kind of secure slash grow the NA market, you're, you're doing okay. I don't think you need to sacrifice Europe's fan base for that. And uh, Esports Charts put out a uh, like little article about how the LCS viewership was down moving to 2 p.m. Uh, it was like 15% or something like that. Uh, I will say that at one point during the show days, I had heard that things were up for us and i'm not sure how much that changed over the time period which obviously esports was published the esports chart was published after the whole week was done but i also wonder if there's just like a disconnect in how these numbers are being counted um because the lcs had uh all co-streaming back up you know there, there's like kind of unlocked co-streaming and so maybe there's some some numbers that are generally up and maybe esports charts missing them like i i hope travis was supposed to have a uh, follow up with uh, Riot, and I hope that whatever yeah I mean, numbers mid, are, are. <clears throat> mid splitter. So we'll we'll I'll have
0: to ask them how they feel like things are going. Because yeah, it does look like like it is a weird kind of catch twenty two that I feel right now. Not catch twenty two. It feels w- weird kind of dichotomy that I feel right now because I'm actually pretty happy with the numbers from this past weekend. I feel like I had worries that they would be far lower. I would say they were at where I would have, you know, that what I hoped for, or maybe even a little higher, because I think it was above 100k the whole time, and I was worried this thing could be sitting at like 60 or 70, and for the most part, it was above 100. On the other hand, it is very ironic because the viewership, like this whole point, the whole point of this was that it was supposed to increase viewership, and. Then they moved it to two, and I think that was a better decision over 12, but there was an acknowledgement that that actually might hurt the maximum potential of viewership, but they want to do it to support North American fans more. So now, like, by Riot's – I am personally happy because I had lower expectations than Riot did, but this number still fails to meet Riot's expectations, which is not only that it stays the same, but that it's actually growing. I personally am not surprised by what happened because I I feel as though I feel as though the broadcast team killed it. I feel like a lot of other aspects of the league need to be leveled up right now. So, for instance, the YouTube strategy seems a little confusing to me uh, <laughs> in terms of the way they're titling and thumbnailing things. Uh, the lack of big promotion up until the very last minute of the LCS. Starting and uh, I even talked to somebody because I don't have the lead client open every day, but like even leading up to the, the start of the LCS, maybe it was in the final couple days they posted it. But like they did not do a lot of promotion of the new LCS start time through the client, even though that was something that was suggested was going to happen. So like for me, I look at this and I'm like, all right, I don't even potentially blame the time completely because I think that Riot has done a poor job of promoting not only the LCS start, but also the new time. I think what will be very, very fascinating is like, what does week two viewership look like? Because if week two viewership slides more, and then week three viewership slides more, oh boy, this is not good.
1: Yeah, I think this is this is like my slight concerns because drops were on for day one. Uh, Again, to your point about publicity, I didn't know that was going to happen until like someone asked, you know, and they said yes. Uh, So like, who knows? And like. Generally, opening day of your broadcast on spring, when all of these new teams are finally getting trotted out, are some of your highest viewed days of the entire year outside of like big playoff matches. Like in terms of regular season days, season start and season end are almost always your biggest, and it drops and dips in the middle. And so, I'm looking at the esports charts, and for spring 2023, it's 119,000, almost basically 120,000. And for summer 2022, it was 115, and that's after the entire summer split is done. So like realistically the spring thing will probably drop and then it'll be down from last year and so like for me for me it's just like i don't know what's going to happen and to the caller's point like maybe it is still better for na as a whole than the weekend was um and that's the kind of stuff that like only really detailed metrics are going to have and not like this publicly available data um but it is to to jinx to for janked a european fan i feel bad because there were a lot of eu fans who watched the lcs whether it was because they actually loved it like jank or maybe it was just convenient to watch after the lec and it no longer is you know like either way there's there's it's more difficult for lec fans
6: or i me, european fans Travis are are you muted on
1: I can hear you in Discord. Did you mute on the stream?
0: I don't know what's going. Hang on. Is this better?
1: Hello. I was the, the crazy thing is wish I could hear him. me and Jank could hear Travis popping off. He said the coolest shit I've ever heard Travis say, unfortunately <laughs> muted for the stream.
0: All right. Well, it's probably good that I said that <laughs> off stream then Rip because bozo. I don't want people to know okay anyway, get the insider info now uh, the whole point is i think that i'm i'm hopeful that the lack of promotion and the fact that it's now starting to get promoted the day before LCS started and positive sentiment around the broadcast because i do think people really do feel like the broadcast was better starts to kind of defy the odds, where you do start to see a lift in the first couple of weeks. I don't know if that's going to happen. There's a very good chance that it doesn't. We will have to see. But uh, that is that is kind of the hopium I'm huffing right now. But I do feel bad for the European fans to bring it back to you, Canked. I'm sorry about that. And I don't know I don't know what they're going to do if your ship continues to degrade. Maybe they will bring it back to the weekend somehow. So
1: Maybe they'll go to the noon.
0: Thanks so all much all for all the all call. There. Anything that you want to... Shout out, Janked?
4: Uh, of course, shout out the regular Alienware and Grubhub and uh, Mark's YouTube channel. Would love to see some more content there. Oh, no. And um, uh, shout out Tim Liquid. Let's go Liquid.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much, Janked, for the call. Anything else that... Uh, well, I guess we'll just catch you next time. Yeah. Yeah, see you. Bye. All right. Mark is off to grab the next caller. Caitlin Kierman says, How do I get in the call? Uh, well, you can do exc- exclamation mark instructions in the chat. That will help give you some guidelines. All right. Let's see, where are we? Uh, Silverius, Cory Lulu. Wow. Cory Lulu is still here. Still subbed. 62 months. That's wild. Uh, the Waffle Foot, 42 months. And Sethy Pooh. Thank you for the subs, everyone. Kes- Kissick. Is it Kissick? Oh, you're very quiet. Uh, can you get a little closer to the microphone? Is it better? Yes. Where are you calling from? Uh, Toronto. Toronto. What do you want to talk about on the show?
6: Uh, so I'm here to give tribute to the NA support GOAT, Apremu. Uh I think he's been severely underappreciated over the last few years, and uh, Newer League fans may not know why he's so significant to the NA scene, so I'm here to remind you.
0: Okay. Go ahead. Remind us.
6: Yeah, so... I, I think why Afro is such a legend in the scene has several layers to it, but I think it can be broken down into two. So basically, his in-game achievements and then the actual cultural impact on the game he had on itself. Um, so obviously, his in-game achievements speak for himself. So uh, two-time LCS champion, went to a finals a third time, uh, sp- uh, split MVP. First, When he won split MVP, he was the first support ever to do so, by the way. Uh, 2016 MSI finalist, um, that's basically oh sorry and all his all pro achievements obviously is a lot so um, and then obviously his longevity in the game itself you know if you look at it, the time he's played in the league he had one bad year in 2019 uh, but he was amazing before then and he was really good after that as well I would say he was borderline all pro from 2020 to 2022 um, so that would that would be his in game achievements I think he's, and then when you talk about his cultural impact on the game itself you know, his support playstyle early on made playing support actually cool like a lot of people became support mains because of him um and the fact that he's a person of color i think is not talked about a lot he was uh, it definitely has significance to you know uh, other people of color watching him play uh, play league and play at a high level so um there we go that was my breakdown i
1: i think uh especially just on the last point like it's sometimes hard for A lot of points in his career when it was like me or a bunch of the broadcasters, just all white dudes, you know, it's like hard to comment on that angle. But it's definitely true that like I know um, like Rick Fox and Kyle Fox and some of those people like got more interested in the scene when they saw the representation of Mu being this pro support player. So like, yeah, there's a lot to go into why Mu was so impactful in the scene. It goes beyond, like you said, the gameplay and stuff. Um, and it was just so much of who he was. His demeanor was just different than other pros. You know, he's this laid back, chill, cool guy. Um, he's very funny. You know, he had this early pop off streams and like slowly transitioned from being like this hype machine to like this, you know, like almost like sage grandpa. Like you just saw this transformation over the course of 10 years. Um, and I don't know, it was just, it was very cool to kind of grow up alongside Afro. Um, and like. The like you, you mentioned the accolades and all that stuff. I think he got yep. snubbed last year. I'll say it when when Core JJ got the mo- best or like the what was it best career? I forget what we were calling it. It's the LCS ten best support all time in the LCS. Yeah, um, I think it's fair to say Core JJ had higher peaks and shit like that. But like, come on, the ten years.
6: I don't know. No, I I think um, I think like the fact that between twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty two he didn't like make an All Pro. Um I think that played a factor. I think people had a little bit of a recency bias. I think there were a couple of years there after 2019 where he deserved to be an All-Pro, and he he got snubbed there. And I think it would have maybe pushed him a little bit in terms of, like, the all-time list. Um, so that that played um, that played a factor for sure. And then you talked about Rick Fox. I mean, you never know. They may not have been a Rick Fox without an Afro move because, like, Rick Fox's main reason he got into league was because of his son, and his son's favorite player was Afro, like you said. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think Travis. I think it's it's crazy for me to to go back and just consider how like he he ended up kind of falling out of the limelight at a certain point in time because he was really really popular and maybe it was a decision on his end to be less public facing and to do less you know streaming and content and all that stuff and also I think it was probably just the fact that he ended up on a series of teams that did not have great results, and and uh, it's still it's still remarkable that like I remember back in 2012, this guy you know being really great. I still remember when he roll swapped over to start playing with Peter, and uh, just what that like Rush Hour duo was like, uh, how popular it became. I, it's just he had a remarkable career and it was definitely quieter in recent years but still a really great player i wish that we'd had more time to uh to celebrate him because it as i said before the only downside the only thing that that makes me more sad than him leaving is just also the fact that it like got announced the way that it did at the time that it did it didn't really doesn't really leave much room for celebrating his legacy
6: so yeah yeah, yeah. i agree and um, i like a lot of one thing i wanted to mention was the, in uh, some people might know this that follow baseball or traditional sports as a stat in baseball called uh, war which is wins above replacement I always wanted to know if there was a way to track that because I feel like afro was win re- wins above replacement or war would be really high because the fact that you know people talked about the afro buff whenever he came onto a team they just significantly got better um, so that's that's another even though like he didn't make those all pro teams like after 2019 and stuff like that like the way he was able to elevate teams I think is was it wasn't was overlooked
5: yeah
1: yeah i don't think there's a good way to do that because baseball naturally you have a lot of like games where someone doesn't play yeah. right so it's easy to see how the team changes whereas for league we don't have backups or subs and shit like that so it's it's hard to get a stat like that for for league unfortunately
0: yeah either way thank you so much for the call anything that you want to shout out Kissick?
6: uh yeah just a couple things. <clears throat> shout out to afro himself uh honestly he's on my Mount Rushmore of favorite athletes, like traditional sports and esports. So uh, I'm going to miss him in the scene. Um, and I also want to shout out the Canadian players in the league. I think uh, there's a lot of up-and-coming Canadian players and already current Canadian players in the league. So shout out to them. Yeah.
0: Thank you for the call, and we'll catch you next time.
6: See you. All right. Uh,
0: I think we can take – actually, we can do one more call before a break. Mark, you want okay. to grab? We got, uh, oh, I think I already shout out Sethy Pooth, but thank you for the sub. Hello, chat. How are you doing? Tuft is here. Tuft, where are you calling from?
7: I am calling from beautiful Seattle, Washington, where it is not raining nor snowing. So that's uh, new for us.
0: Okay. Well, congratulations. It actually rained here today. So maybe that's what happened. Yeah, uh, we gave it up. What do you want to talk about on the show?
7: Yeah, so my take was that uh, CLG in week one proves the idea that uh, you don't need to make big roster moves for your team to improve in the offseason. I think that especially at the start of every year, you have a lot of teams uh, that, you know, make really big, splashy moves, and then naturally people start to look at these big, shiny new rosters as all these new players, and they tend to, sort of overemphasize how much of an impact or how much of a difference all these new players are going to make, and they ignore the fact that, you know, there are a lot of teams that, you know, just slowly but subtly improve in the background in ways that people may not necessarily recognize. Obviously, I am, like, the most diehard CLG fan on the planet, so, uh, you know, I'm a little bit biased, but I paid a lot of attention to this team in spring and then, obviously, in summer afterwards, and a lot of the growth that they showed in summer was, like, really, really easy to predict if you were just looking at the ways that they were losing games. And I think that when you have a team that is sort of growing and when, uh, you also take into account the fact that, like, it's just generally kind of pretty hard to put together a good League of Legends team, even if you're throwing money at, like, the best players in the world, you know? Like, for every G2, there's, like, a dozen 2022 Vitalities and TLs and, you know, Origins and whatever. Um, you know, people just, like, don't recognize or respect the amount that teams can just, like, grow, uh over time. I think I, this
1: is a great topic because Travis's most important metric for how much he cheers for a team is how little <laughs> turnover they have. And so, well, no, 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 before we team, get into my goofy stuff,
7: Travis loves CLG. Mark, I also love CLG, Travis. We're besties.
0: Mark. Well, I, I'm going to contest this right now a little bit because Mark, like the, the take is you don't need to make changes to improve as a team. Do you think CLG improved as a team? Was that demonstrated this past weekend? I mean, they they were going to lose that second game, uh, and until they beat
1: the team that changed players, yeah,
7: I gotta I gotta say uh, every scaling team team comp is going to lose the game until they outscale and win. <laughs> and uh, they were playing. Mark, a do you comp think comp that the CLG
0: looks dramatically improved from the CLG of yesteryear?
1: Absolutely, Travis, because they kept all five players together. Aren't Thank they your you, favorite I'm, team? I'm going to
0: take this as a no, you don't feel that way.
1: Well, I'm just trying to figure out how you feel, Travis. Isn't this your favorite team this year? I didn't say you think they're the best, but isn't this your favorite team this year?
0: I don't have a favorite team, Mark. I don't know, I don't know what okay, to do like, here. I'm, why? Yeah, I'm like, happy, am I happy that a team did not make changes in a year where every single team decided to make changes besides them? Yes. I think that's good. And I think I even talked about how I kind of hoped... Like, at the end of summer, I said, I hope that they run back with this roster. Also a roster where it's really difficult to figure out where you make changes or improvements. Uh, But I also think that the fact that they looked as shaky as they did at times in their first week back as the only team that had a consistent roster, in my opinion, that is not evidence that this team has improved during the break. Now, do I think that they still could go? I'm not saying that they've hit their ceiling necessarily, but like... I don't think that perhaps they deserve as much celebration as people are giving them. Like, what is what this? What does this look like for them in week three and week four if they can't dramatically?
1: You perform? sound like a hypocrite, Travis. You say you don't want teams to change, but unless you're literally, by that logic, winning the LCS, th- those are the only teams that shouldn't change. Is, is champions because everyone else needs to improve, right?
0: I think there's something dramatically different between how a lot of these teams approach changes, and the volatility that you get in them, especially from a world where we're so actively hyper-prioritizing players from other regions over our own. Uh, But I don't know, whatever I've, you know, exactly. So you hate FlyQuest then Mark, would you like to discuss the topic or not?
1: (laughs) I'm just trying to figure you out, man. You're always saying things with these hot takes, but you're, you're, you're you're zigging and zagging all over the place. Are you, are you happy that they didn't bring people in? Do you wish they did you? What's going on here?
0: I'm not waffling
1: at all. You're, you're flip-flopping. You're not waffling. I'll say <sighs> that I think for CLG, I would put them over Dig. Dig does not have Ignar yet, but even when Ignar comes in, I don't necessarily see all these problems being fixed right away. Um, I'm not ready to bump them up too much more because the top five teams I have, I all think, have a chance to win a championship. Team Liquid looking a little more sussy on that right now. But the, a little more the other teams,
7: They lost to TSM. More sussy. That's
1: pretty bad. Dude, TSM are the goats. What are you fucking talking about?
7: Uh, this is neither here nor there, but I'm not hot on TSM. I mean, I'm a
1: CLG. No, 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 me neither. I'm much hotter on like of of the fraudulent two O teams. I'm much hotter on CLG than. No, the TSM. most fraudulent.
7: <laughs> the most fraudulent two O team is Cloud9. Other than TSM. I thought we were gonna say FlyQuest. I'm just no, It's, it's like not clear? FlyQuest is all right.
1: I
0: thought of CLG as the middle of the pack team last year. I think it is worth it for like with a lot of potential towards the end. I think it is worth it for this team to have not made changes because I don't think there's always necessarily an obvious change for a roster like that. And two, because they started to pick up momentum towards the end. That being said, I still am worried for them and I'm not it's unclear to me that they won't continue to be a middle of the pack team.
7: I guess, I guess the reason that I, that I think that like people need to be paying attention to like teams that improve more, especially the CLG roster that did improve so much is that like, you're not like a good player until you're a good player, you know? And like there, this CLG roster did not have any good players, you know, at the start of the year last year when no one knew who they were and no one paid attention to them. Uh, and you know, everyone kept getting confused because they thought it was five NA players because they still didn't know who Luger was. Uh, And you're not, like, considered a good player or a star player who has the capacity to win until you actually do it. But, like, you can still look at teams and look at the way that they change over time and look at the way they grow and still isolate, like, yeah, look at how much, uh, like... CLG grew over time. Look at how much Palafox improved from his rookie year. You know, look at how much of a meteoric rise contracts had from, like, being stuck in Academy for however many years since he was on Golden Guardians or, uh, you know, all that stuff. And you can, like, chart the growth of these players. But somehow people are still not willing to step back and say, like, this team still has capacity to grow and improve when we still haven't seen the ceiling that they could reach yet. Uh, Especially when you compare that to teams where, like... uh, FlyQuest or, admittedly, FlyQuest is looking really good right now, or, you know, 100 Thieves, for example, where it's four brand new players um, and, like, instantly slam them, you know, like, top four lock world's contender uh, when, like, I think CLG looked better than, uh, like, a a lot of the teams looked this week who are Shouldn't
0: they look better, though? All the rest of these guys are brand new.
7: I think that, like the the first game they just like kind of turbo smurfed on dignitas and it wasn't really close um and then the second game you know like they lost the early game and then they just like held on with like a six or seven k gold deficit and then like ended up turbo smurfing fights late and like clawing it back which i think is like a hard thing to do um
1: i i feel like there's this feeling in the lcs that like if you're not a world's attending roster it's like you you're you're, you're who fucking cares about you? And I think mm-hmm. CLG is an interesting case study because I, I do think that there's a legitimate fandom grown around this team that kind of, it like, you know, obviously bottomed out during the Bud Light Ace years. And then it's kind of bounced back with these guys where, I, I mean, I, I do agree, Travis, they're probably a middle of the pack team. I might underrate them. And some of the teams I put above them can could have have worse performances and CLG could be fifth or fourth, even though I'm, I'm saying like maybe sixth now, you know, after my initial seven. Even if they're in that seven to fourth range and they don't make worlds or anything, they're doing it with cheaper players, players who are very personable, who have this little chip on their shoulder, who like do have this underdog story, they're, they're branding them decently well. I feel like you, know I think Palafox has done a great job with his like, little bit of smack talk that he's done last year, and we'll probably do this year. Um, I think that they're a very easy team to root for, and I think, you, I think it's okay to call that a success, even if it's not an international appearance. Uh, and I do think that that is a, a fair point to make.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's, that's very good.
7: To be clear, but we we agree that they're not going to accomplish anything here. I mean, I just think
0: no, no, no,
3: no, no. no, no.
0: (laughs) I think that when teams make changes to their roster, you are rolling so many dice. And I think even in a world where you say, "Uh, "Is this team going to ever actually get top three with these players?" Maybe the answer is less than fifty percent. But I don't think that you can like get above fifty percent by building another lineup of players confidently. I mean, how many super teams crash and burn, Well, right? and so,
1: any, any time that this team overperforms a super team, you literally just get to meme on them. Right. You know? Like, it's, it's free content to be like, well, shit on, you know, EG or whatever. Yeah.
0: Yep. Hey, thanks so much for the call, Tuft. We'll see if CLG has improved as much as you think they have in the next couple of weeks. If they Not stay much. up top for a bunch of weeks, then, hey, maybe... Maybe it You're is. You're
7: gonna be tri- looking real goofy.
0: Yeah. Well, wouldn't be the first time. Thanks so much for the call. And I'll catch you. Next. Oh, anything actually? Do you want to shout out? I almost forgot. Uh,
7: shout out CLG, obviously. Duh. Uh, shout out Piosik. People need to stop being mean to him because he's like seems like the sweetest guy in the world. Uh, also, uh, shout out women. Women are cool. Uh, some people who appeared on this broadcast beforehand, who shall remain nameless, seem like they are a little bit afraid of women. But me personally, I think they're pretty good. Uh, two thumbs up to women. Go women. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Tuft. You're welcome. I'm an ally. Catch you later.
1: (laughs) People are talking about like cutie Cinderella cringe content and stuff like that. I feel like people don't watch modern new media interviews like Z-Way or Chicken Shop Date or like you know Between Two Ferns or like like dude, there's so much cringe content out there where the interviews are so good for it
0: i mean even surprise test is about trying to like catch people off guard uh, yeah and pit them on the back foot or whatever and see what happens whenever that occurs uh and i feel like cutie being like you're still not decorating your cake while <laughs> he's trying to answer her questions it was uh, and she's like you can't ask me any questions i thought i thought that was fun all right, and Andrew. just
1: the reveal of how shit his cake was was like <laughs> worth it in its own. Where she spins hers around, it's this like pretty nicely decorated yeah. cake, and his looks like a fucking dead crying cat. It's like, oh my god. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, by the way, I want to talk about Grubhub. Shout out to Grubhub uh, for sponsoring the show. We love Grubhub. I uh, actually I tweeted out so You can find this on my Twitter. The information about a giveaway that they are doing. It's Basically, to celebrate week one of LCS, you can use code SPRINGLCS, one word, to get a free Hextech chest key with orders of $15 plus. And you get a chance at a real-life Hextech chest. I know they showed one on the LCS broadcast, but I also posted a picture of one uh, up on Twitter if you guys want to go take a look at that. So, again, whenever you're ordering from Grubhub, be sure to use SPRINGLCS if your order is $15 or more so that you can get a free Hextech chest and key and a chance at a real-life one as well. All right, Mark, time to go grab the next caller. Off he's gone. Shout out to, where are we? ProStar, Raging Pianist, Yeti, John Zoidberg giving a sub, night, and then Perchy99. Also, uh, I see Raging wrote that, loving seeing you and Peter back with the interviews. It's been too long. Been following, yeah. It was, it was great. I mean, we just posted one uh, up there today that maybe if you haven't caught it yet, but go go check it out, everybody. Uh, Lo-Fi avocados here. Lo-Fi, where are you calling from? Uh, Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. And what do you want to talk about on the show tonight?
5: Uh, so my take is that LCS LCS orgs have the most responsibility to make the LCS grow and succeed because they have way more impact than Riot, and it's not even close.
0: Interesting. Okay, Go ahead and expand on this.
5: Uh, so uh, I actually so like I actually came from like the Call of Duty scene and like competitive Call of Duty, uh, huge like o, like OG optic nade shot fan. The reason why I ever got into League was because he bought a spot and, and that whole thing. And I actually watched the League for like two years before I ever like, downloaded the game, anything like that, and then lost my life. Um, but Uh, right now, I think what League has, like, I think a lot of people don't appreciate the quality, not even just of the broadcast, but of the game, um, versus, like, Call of Duty. Like, the game is so bad, and the past couple years have been so bad, even just competitively, that, uh, like, the own players have to, like, gentlemen's agreement is what they call, like, GA things... To even make the game look competitive or play competitive, because uh, Activision, like, the, 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 the people creating the game, don't care about it being competitive at all. And then to top that off, the, the CDL League, uh, like, their content, like, is terrible. Like, what would be, like, the broadcast desk? like, it's, it's horrible. But yet the whole reason why somehow even though like there hasn't really been a enjoyable competitive game for the past like couple years some would argue or i would argue um there has been content from orgs uh, like a lot of orgs and and even content in the terms of like a lot of twitter drama like in call of duty where they just air shit out on twitter and, and it's like the cdl doesn't even like talk about it they just act like none of that ever happens but then obviously other YouTubers pick that up and share that. And, and it keeps things exciting and, and storylines going, even though, like, the game itself competitively um, is, is really tough to watch. And the CDL content is terrible. Um, and so I think, like, a lot of pressure is like, oh, Riot needs to do all this stuff. But I think... You like, think it's the it, team, Even if you took
0: like and cod and yeah. cod and cdl is an, is demonstrative of, of how impactful a team or teams or players can be in keeping fandom going.
5: Right, and like orgs making their own content and this I think this idea that like um like, like I've always like you could take a team like Immortals like if Immortals had the largest budget to spend on like content um and just like made it like you know made a contract for like a sixth sixth player that was content on their team. Um, they could be a more like increasingly more popular team than orgs that that weren't, and, and it doesn't. I think really the idea okay. that you just need to win to like build well, a, so, the LCS. And, so my
1: my question to you is like, what's it? What's other than some Twitter beef and like WWE style content? What is some stuff that you have seen the COD orgs put out that you've liked? Just just quickly.
5: Yeah, so I mean, uh, a lot like obviously a lot of co-streams, but like talk shows, yeah, like Hotline League. Uh, even way back in the day, um, it was just a lot of beef, a lot of different challenges of streaming, and um, and like the whole reason like Nate shot and uh, wasn't even on a successful team for many years, and yet by far the most popular team at events, even though they weren't even like winning or having success at events, or the events themselves they didn't have a lot of money or, or big prize pool.
0: Counterpoint. How much player turnover is there in COD? Uh, I oh guess
5: my like, god! I don't even know. I don't, that's I guess compared to. I mean, because
0: those players play for really long periods of time, right? Yeah, yeah. And Nate shot how different. over how many years did Nate shot play competitive Call of Duty and become famous?
5: I mean, I <sighs> all right, never- yo,
0: all right. but Mark, yeah, okay, thinking. here's the thing. I know. I this is this is my whole point. Is that like here, because we're coming at this all backwards. Caller, you say that it is the content. And if they just made more content, then like people would be engaged in it. These teams make fucking content. While we were talking about that We call a little bit ago. And Mark was like, there's fandom that's being built around this team. I looked up them on YouTube. They put out a video two weeks ago that got less than a thousand viewers or views on YouTube. Like these teams actually do put out a decent amount of content. I guess you can argue about whether or not the content's good or not. But like they're pitting out the content. The thing is nobody cares because people don't care about Poom. Like the video was a Poom video. It got seven hundred and sixty-eight views on YouTube. And like I'm not trying to say fuck Poom or anything like that. I I know very little about him. I'm sure he's a nice enough guy. But like people don't know about him because he played very briefly. Then he went down to Academy. Then he came back. And like there's just been no time to cultivate any story or anything around this person. So when they make content that's like a Poom highlight reel, nobody watches it. And so, like, That's a really I, good point. Yeah. I, I, well, I get frustrated because it's like, oh, teams should just make content. No, they shouldn't. They nobody's gonna watch the content. They make the content. The thing is, you need players that people care about in the content. And the reason people care about players is because they're around long enough for people to build up a brand and storyline and interesting. things Well, to yeah,
1: but that. a couple things, Travis. First off, yeah, CLG's YouTube channels, but I'll give you that, it doesn't get enough views. Sure, but there's other parts to content than just YouTube views. There's tons of other platforms. Reddit fandom, just general LCS fandom, like, it doesn't just exist in terms of people who are going to click on those videos. The thing I'll say, a lot I of our... was just talking biggest... about the
0: content, by the way. Because
1: that's a... That's There's a other kinds of content like fucking streaming. Like, their players actually stream. Like, Dokla and people actually stream a little how bit. How well do they do? Guess who doesn't fucking stream? The vast majority of our best new players. I know, I Lata know, Lata but stream. how much do Balkan those people watch those streams, JoJo doesn't Mark? stream.
0: What? I know they don't stream. How much do people watch... Do CLGV streamers get players get
1: like big views on their stream? No, but to, but to the point that the, the caller's making, those are not like our biggest players. I'm saying a lot of our biggest players don't stream and make content. Like the people that, like you're saying, oh, that the ones that people care about, they don't make content. You, you're looking at it backwards. It's like the players that people don't care about make content, it's not doing well. And it's like, okay, but what about the players people do care about? Where's their content? I mean, I think we're looking at
0: two, two sides of the same coin. I argue there are not enough players that players or that people care about. So the ones that do create content, people don't watch. You argue that the few players that are left that people care about need to make more content. It could be one of the same, I guess.
1: Well, my point is like, when you're successful, you should be streaming. I mean, it, Peter in chat says that Vulcan streams. He streamed two days ago and then prior to that it was two months ago. I mean, if I, if, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Vulcan streams more than I realize, but like that doesn't sound that great. And Jojo doesn't stream, and uh, I'm pretty sure Blabber almost never streams. Um, and like, my point is, I am so fucking happy Doublelift is back because what he did was he reviewed his games on stream, and then had a cut up YouTube video, and it was fucking awesome. And like, the reason that people care about that is because he did the legwork. And if CLG ever do pop off, thank God these guys have streams and stuff like that. Um, I think like a lot of players and teams, their content is is sometimes not good um and that's something that they can improve on but like i i agree with kind of lofi Fi avocados take where like i want players to, to to do more and i think they are doing more to be fair i think like this season has been better but all those team content pieces that came out travis you now they all dropped at once and like we put a ton of them in the broadcast yeah are those going to keep coming from every team or no, like I, I hope they do yeah but like some of them were shit. Like, I think some of them were, were not very good. I think some of them were legitimately good. Like, Golden Guardians' piece was actually really funny and, like, I think helped endear a lot of people who were watching at that time to Golden Guardians a little bit. And, like, it's like, uh, you know, you got to do a little bit to move the needle over and over and over again.
0: What do you think of the JoJo interview I did where, did you watch it uh, two weeks ago? Where he was, it was talking about him streaming. He said, if I make it to MSL... Oh, I'll yeah, he stuff. kept
1: saying you keep putting it off. And yeah, like, he, well, he kept and saying
0: he was going to put it off, but he also was like... I don't want to stream because i could be spending that time like solo queuing getting better you know he's like a rookie he wants to grind and improve he definitely needs
1: to be playing some more solo queue after this weekend
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean true uh but but what uh, going back to the interview what do you think of that
1: um so like i think that there's plenty of no cam no mic, hardcore people who grind the game and had a following like I think if he did no cam no mic because he wants to grind lord some portion of his fan base would still be there watching I think Busio deserves a lot of credit as well he's got like five or six hundred most nights that he's streaming um you know like I think people are have to be comfortable with the fact that they're not going to pull the numbers that the OGs pulled back in the day but like you still got to put in the work a little bit um I think it's tough and uh to Dana's point about the new scrim schedule being tough it's tougher for pros to stream um I mean that scrim schedule is not that different than what it was back in the day. I, I that part confuses me when I I, I don't know if, if Artemis is here because we were initially gonna talk about that, but it's getting late in the day and I didn't see his take. But like uh the new scrim schedule is tougher than last year. I totally get that. But also uh Dom and Voy and Scara and literally all of them streamed under that scrim schedule before. Uh so I don't know how sympathetic I am to it, though they used to live in gamer houses and now they're commute a little bit so they lose some time um but yeah I, I mean i think the players have done better i think the content's been better because the pro players have been willing to be in that content like vulcan and uh people like that so i i think uh I, I shouldn't flame i i flame vulcan for not streaming but he is one of the most active people on broadcast content um and to the point about there being different kinds of content if he wants to be accessible through other things um great fudge is another example he doesn't stream a lot but he is very active on the the broadcast um vulcan tweets a ton fudge tweets a ton like i don't think you have to be a twitch streamer to be to be clear i don't want to sound like i was just flaming them but yeah
0: yeah that's fair hey thanks so much uh lo-fi avocado for calling in with the call of duty stuff i know we went we used it to launch board off of call of duty stuff but Oh, it's great. Yeah. Appreciate the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Uh
5: well, shout out you guys because uh I watched your I've pretty much watched every single hotline league for the like past I don't know since the LCS started and it was Damn, like the that's first That's a long
0: uh, <laughs> that's a lot of hours of listening ever, to Mark and I.
5: And, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with me, but it's yeah, awesome. I don't know and either. it's great. Should and should see a doctor. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Shout thank out you, to you. No,
0: guys. thank you. Thank you for the shout out.
1: Thank really you. Appreciate
0: it. All right.
1: We got the two, other thing i'll say travis yeah. i don't know how you feel um but like the others these other scenes that are less developed than the League of Legends scene there's an incentive for pro players to yes. stream to supplement their income yes and i don't think their scrim schedules are probably like league pros are probably the hardest working pros generally outside like starcraft pros maybe like S- smash pros have sat around during league scrims and been like holy shit like i think a lot of people don't quite work as hard as as league players do yeah um but the, the positive side to that is that those pros then have to supplement their income elsewhere.
0: Yes, I know. I think that is very true uh, that there are, I mean, in the early days of LCS, that's how a lot of streamers, like that's why they streamed was because they wanted, they they could double their salary, quote unquote, because maybe they were making 80 grand from playing and then they could get another 80 grand from streaming and doing content. And now you know, it's like, uh, do I really need this if I'm making 700000 The <sighs>
1: players that you referenced all got fell off and got overtaken by the kids who didn't stream. I mean, Doublelift and Sneaky, I don't know if they really fell off. They, they kind of, like, retired. They didn't... They weren't, like, bottom feeders when they retired.
0: Yeah. yeah I, I
1: agree.
0: I agree. Alright. You want to go grab the next caller? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I think there's definitely not enough data to suggest that streaming makes you worse as an LCS player. Uh Yeti zero two two, John Zoidberg PhD, Knight, uh Perchy ninety nine, Poggy's President Tito, Jorbin Live, Obagaba, and Gabarino, And then we got Knight six two nine four here. Knight, where are you calling from?
8: What's in Minnesota?
0: Oh, can you get a little closer to your mic? You're a little quiet.
8: Yep, yep, yep. Is this better?
0: Yes. Where are you calling from?
8: Minneapolis, Minnesota.
0: Minneapolis. That's where my video guy's from. Uh, What do you want to talk about on the show?
8: Uh, I'm here to talk shit to Mark because he put C9 at fifth in the power rankings, and I do not agree with that at all after the first week specifically. How did you feel about
0: it before the first week? Because you've got more information than Mark did whenever he made those rankings.
8: Apparently. Well, to be fair, I didn't know much about the other teams, especially FlyQuest Fly coming into the season. I, I didn't know that much about most of those players and how cracked they were going to be. But I still definitely think they're at least a top three team after this last week. And Mark's always here with his C9 no. merge on, and he, was, he had him in fifth. So that's basically why, first of all, every single person on that team is still in the top three role. Fudge was worried about Summit. And well, we saw what Summit did this week, not great. He was still looking like the Summit that we saw from C9. So I literally think everyone on that team, and even uh, DiPlex came out that two-on-one that he had, and he got away somehow. I have no idea. But this team is looking really good.
0: All right, Mark. I offered you at the beginning the two options to change your rankings. I don't think you mentioned C9 as one of them, right?
1: I was wrong about C9. I put them fifth. I should have put them tenth. Oh! absolute bottom feeders. (laughs) No, no, no. I I think... um, I think if I was going to, like, move them around, like, I, I was kind of saying at the top of the, the broadcast, like, I think you can wiggle them around a little bit, maybe put them third, 100 down to four, TL down to five based off over, opening weekend if you want to, like, overreact. They are end of split rankings, and I do think that C9 is a team that you can expect to hit the ground running better than some other teams, given that... <laughs> Jack just showed up as we start the C9 take. Who, who, like, is... You guys have a Discord where, like, one intern is just paid to fucking watch content until we start talking about your team... And then you tune in how does this happen how does this happen i think that's probably what
0: actually happened is uh yeah somebody in a discord somewhere was like oh mark is shit talking us
1: yeah uh All right, finish no, your i think rant. Um, uh, i was joking i think uh, you can be moving up to third based off like an overreaction of week one um i still like FlyQuest as my favorite a lot eg is uh they they had the the largest gold lead at 15 on average, it's only two games, but like it speaks to the fact that they're still really good. They just need to iron out their mid game where they're trolling a lot. And I think impact helped a lot with that kind of stuff. And uh, C9 is is probably up there right now at the top top two, top three, three teams in the league. Um, it's a question of if Team Liquid actually can get their... Sh- TL and 100 Thieves can actually get their shit together because they were two of the teams that I said. Yeah, you I said don't think that they'll be Flight great Quest, right out the EG,
0: gate. EG, 100T, Team Liquid, C9. So if you right, want to put them third you need to put C9 above 100 Thieves and TL.
1: Yeah, when I said I moved TL to 5th, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100 Thieves to 4th, yeah, yeah. Um, I I think, but what I said also is that I'm not going to overreact. I'm not going to do that because my rankings were end of split, and I still think that C9 are going to choke, and uh, 100 Thieves and TL are going to rally. I'm a lot less confident than that, but it's it's (laughs) only been one week, and I can't tuck my tail between my legs and shit on my, my rankings already. I need to be proven wrong a few more times by jack and the boys before i i will admit that i was wrong caller but i did say to be fair i did say that anyone in the top five could win the lcs and i would not be surprised
0: mark jack in the chat says i need to send you more merchandise is that how this works mark Every, I every... gotta say,
1: my number one team that I power ranked has been sending me a lot of really nice merch recently. Yeah, but you I say really that while enjoyed.
0: wearing a C9 hoodie. Like you back up to show the jersey and you've got a C9 Wait. logo on your no. hoodie.
1: I, I really like. Oh, you've got a Golden Guardians teams. pants? I like a lot of teams in the LCS, let oh me tell you. Oh my
0: God. This is how this it is. I'm, I'm it really is.
1: unbiased, though, to be honest.
0: When you work in esports. <laughs> Your days off are just like, okay, well, which which, uh, uh, (laughs) outfit do I I want to wear? Golden Guardians below, C9 up top? Okay, here's the thing, Mark. Here's the thing. I'm going to say this right now. Are you ever going to wear that jersey? Because I feel like when teams send us jerseys, it's really rough. I have an entire closet full of jerseys that I'm never going to wear because when would you wear a
1: jersey? I'll probably only wear this jersey for bits. I never wear jerseys. That's
0: exactly. When they send me the jerseys, I'm like, jerseys are not comfortable to wear. I will only use this if I need to like rip off my shirt on Hotline League and reveal that I'm like a FlyQuest fan or something. Teams, send us your other merch, not jerseys, please, because I feel like well, it's a
1: waste. So to defend FlyQuest, I do have their green hoodie that they sent, zip up, that I've been wearing a lot and then they also recently sent me this, like, kind of thick black T-shirt. It's just, like, a graphic tee, but it's, like, clearly high quality that I, I've been enjoying. Um, so there's been some good FlyQuest merch recently, I will say. This this is not it. I just have this at my desk for for comedy. Uh, so you probably... enjoy it
8: more than the FlyQuest or the Cloud9 merch?
1: Cloud9 kind of kills me with quantity. It's like, they I get so much C9 shit. And so I do probably... C9 is the team I wear the most merch for. Um... But it's it's just like an avalanche.
0: C9 sent me, or sorry, uh, Liquid sent me this their Liquid armor jacket recently, which is like a hundred seventy five dollar winter jacket, uh, which I really liked. Um,
1: Travis, do you think I'm wrong about Cloud Nine? Are you are you a Cloud Nine believer? Where are you at with them?
0: I think I am more of a hundred T doubter, and I'm definitely a Team Liquid doubter after this weekend. And so, what about
1: EG? Are you selling EG stocks too?
0: no I have enough faith in Jojo's ego that I feel like he'll like feel really embarrassed from this weekend and go back and fix his shit um so I don't know I think I think FlyQuest if I was to after week one I'd say Fly FlyQuest number one C9 and EG like somewhere around the same spot at two and then Probably hundred T. I don't know. Bump up CLG next, and then probably that's where you put TL. I don't know. It's uh, oh, I guess TSM. Well, we can decide if TSM's fraudulent with their two O or not. But yeah, I've st- I'm not, I've definitely I have far more faith in C9 than I do hundred T right now. Let's put it, or sorry uh, TSM right now. Oh, I will say that
1: oh. TSM over Cloud Nine. Jack Wait, in what? the
0: chat says hot take TSM strong weekend wasn't a fluke and they are pretty good. So there's your evidence that TSM has been shitting on C9 and scrims, folks. That's what we learned from Jack's hot take. Uh,
1: oh, no. <laughs> T- T- C9 losing to TSM and scrims, they're doomed.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, so Caller, what do you think of Mark's doom doomer and his stubbornness to stick to his fifth place rankings?
8: I'm gonna be honest, he did say in his rankings that it was the end of the split rankings, which which I did kind of agree with. But at the same time, with the way that it looks right now, it, it it's it's not looking good for the teams that he thought were gonna, you know, be on the uprise, especially 100 Thieves. I have no faith in that team whatsoever. I I, I don't have faith double lift is gonna get it together after two years off. Bjergsen, to me, he's always been a solid mid laner, but he's not a carry that he used to be. You have someone like Diplex coming in for cloud nine, when last year they were, yet again, amazing. And it's it's hard to doubt them
6: in any sense in my mind.
8: Yes, Flycrest right now is, they look like they could be cracked towards the end of the year, especially with their team. Even Team Team Liquid's my number three. So I flyQuest C9 uh, and 19 liquid, but it 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 looks like it it, it's a good split. It's definitely a good split. I will definitely give it that.
1: Thanks so much. I might be wrong, but you can't prove it yet. That's that's my thesis.
8: Yep.
0: Knight, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our last caller?
8: Yeah, just shout out to you guys. It's been awesome listening to you guys. I'm I'm a 31 year old boomer like of you guys. Uh, I actually didn't even start playing League of Legends until two years ago, but I've been watching LCS for ten years. Wait, That's how you watched watch LCS
0: that. for eight years before you played the game?
8: Eight-ish, eight-ten, somewhere around there. I, I started when it was Sneaky, Medios, Balls, High, and Lemon. And I started watching before I even started playing, and I really wanted to play, but I never had a PC up until about two years ago. And um this season screw this season because now i'm hard stuck in iron being a support main even though i'm pretty sure i'm the best player on my team so yeah
0: see yeah i know it's anecdotal but this is the stuff that is weird to me whenever john Needham in the interview said that like they think that most of the people watching the lcs are players and they want to advertise out of the client because i just feel like like even in this call we had you say that and we also had the call of duty guy who said he was playing for a while before i don't know i think i I really do feel like there's a decent amount of people that watch the LCS but don't play um, actively. Anyway, thanks so much Knight for the call and we'll catch you next time. Sounds good. Yep. All right. We got one more caller. Mark is off to grab him. Thank you to Gabarino for the sub and David for the raid. David, who's only recently learned the power of streaming on Twitch. Blue Jay is here. Blue Jay, where are you calling from?
9: Ontario, Canada. How you guys doing?
0: Pretty good. How are you? Welcome back to the show. It's been a bit Yes, Uh, it
9: has been a little while.
0: What do you want to talk about on the show?
9: Uh, So shout out to Rico Suave. Uh, He kind of gave me his take, uh, but I completely agree with it. It's that Prince got robbed for player of the week.
0: Prince got robbed. Actually, who did get player of the week? I missed it. Fudge. Uh, We're
1: continuing the uh, C9 versus FlyQuest rivalry.
0: Uh, Okay, okay, okay. Why do you feel this way, Blue Jay?
1: I just thought that
9: his performance was more impressive, which, uh, for clarity's sake, this is not taking away anything from Fudge's weekend. I just think that Prince was that good. Um, I thought both of his performances were absolutely 1v9. He was playing hella aggro in your face, just completely taking over the game. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess he's just living up to the hype. So uh, he's a beast.
0: Mark, what do you think? Did you vote? What do, for- you, th- what, what do you think? Did you vote for Prince or did you vote for Fudge, Mark? I voted for Fudge. Wait, who'd you vote for? I don't get to vote. Uh, I've not. Riot Games does not allow me to vote in Player of the Week. Weird. I will say this: FlyQuest won't have their real chance for Prince to test himself until Week Three on Sunday, February tenth. When he'll play against the best ADC in the league. Double lift. Double lift.
1: Uh (laughs) my best friend. Double lift. That's
9: cute.
0: So I uh no no no, but realistically speaking, FlyQuest beat a very mediocre looking Team Liquid Honda, and they beat Dignitas, who also looked pretty mediocre. I feel like C9's C9 I can continue my meme by saying C9 beat the best beat the goat yeah.
1: Bjergsen, and the, the double GOAT doublelift. No, but they game. beat 100 Thieves, who so I do think though. looked
0: considerably stronger than those other two teams, and uh, and they beat Golden Guardians, who I also I guess is mediocre. But um, I I still feel like Fudge had the tougher weekend over over Prince.
9: See, I'm a little uh, surprised that you said that because earlier you said that you were a 100 Thieves doubter, or did I hear that wrong?
0: I said TSM doubter, and like I corrected myself. Oh, my mistake. I meant meant to say to you, some doubter. Yeah. Uh,
1: So the the case for Fudge for me came down to um, early game impact. I think, no offense to Prince, kind of got his stats bloated in the Team Liquid game, where like a lot of the things that happened were not like he did play very well. Don't get me wrong. He dashed forward under the turret that one time on the Zarya to get that kill. He's very aggressive. Um, That was great. But that was like the, the first big play he made and uh like no shade he's playing Zeri. of course you're scaling um but i didn't i didn't like that was a good game don't get me wrong but i didn't feel like that was like a 1v9 game the way i thought both the fudges games this weekend were 1v9 games he was getting solo kills early on he was making the whole game about him um he it, it was Cassante, you can flame that he was the highest dpm in the league on a top lane yes it's Cassante, but still like i don't know i thought fudge played incredible he almost had a double double one of these games um you know like i i really like that i think prince's second game was really good i love that ezreal performance that was incredible uh but i think his first game was kind even though he ended up with a lot of kills a lot of them were like he almost got a penta diving the nexus you know it's like that's not really the same to me as getting kills in, in like critical team fights and stuff like that so uh th- that's ultimately where i landed i think um Fudge got more done on his own. Yes, he is top laner. It's kind of easier to do things on your own than an AD carry, but uh, yeah.
9: I I have a hard time arguing against you because I do agree with most of what you're saying with Fudge playing great, but I I don't think it's fair to say Prince had easy matchups when we're talking about um, Tenacity having his LCS debut. Uh, We're also talking about Licorice, no offense, but Licorice has not been what we used to see out of Licorice for quite some time now. So, like, I, I think when we're talking about their opponents, I don't think there's that much of a difference, if I'm being honest. Um, what else did you say There's Something else that you said that I, I, I to that That's
1: what Travis said. And I will give you the point that, like, I don't really think the opponents were significantly easier for FlyQuest or anything. Um, it's like, yeah, you should unspawn and Ignar. Yeah. Great. Or, oh, you know, I remember what I wanted um, to
9: say. That I agree with you about the Cassante thing because I look I don't like the he's just playing Cassante thing anyone could pick that champion anyone could ban that champion like it's not a secret or some crazy pocket pick that comes out of nowhere so yes Cassante is broken and we can acknowledge that but I really don't like the taking away credit from Fudge just because he's playing that champion as well you know, That's something you know who that, can't like, pick I think we see Cassante? way too much man Prince can't,
0: Prince can't pick Cassante
9: no, Prince I, could I, pick Casante. Why not? Yeah, technically you could pick whatever you want, especially if you've seen what bot lane is picking—some random ass shit nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the point, my my point is, like, for an argument towards Fudge, I really don't like that he's just playing an OP champion. I, I'm
1: not a big fan of that argument. Yeah, if if Prince deserves Player of the Week, he'll play Cassante.
0: Is that what it comes down to? The argument now is. <laughs> If he really wanted player of the week, he would pick Cassante. (laughs) The smarter player (laughs) picks Cassante. If
1: he wants player of the week, when they play C9, he needs to go top lane and shit on fudge with Cassante. Yeah. Yeah. I will also say that I think
9: we will really see... You mentioned how Prince won't be tested until week three, but I would argue that with how aggro he was playing this past weekend... I think a great test is going up against Blabber, who's usually an absolute psycho and just engaging over and over and over again. So I think we will see if he gets punished by going up against a jungler like Blabber. I think this is like, I think that's a, normally you don't hype up a jungler versus AD carry matchup, but I think that would be one that you could hype up um, as well as the fudge robbed him of MVP or player of the week or whatever.
1: I think FlyQuest versus c Island this Friday, opening game, 2 p.m. is going to be an absolute banger for that reason. True. I'm uh I'm looking forward to that. It's probably match of the week right there. I think that's like it's it's early, you know, it's only week two, but that is like kind of the winner of that will probably be the considered the favorite of the LCS for the uh early portions of the split. Until
0: FlyQuest plays 100 Thieves in week three.
1: Or unless CLG beats C9 on Thursday. Don't don't overlook that one.
0: Yeah, that'll be an interesting match for sure.
1: That'll be
9: interesting.
0: All right. Thank you so much, BlueJay, for the call. Anything you want to shout out?
9: Uh, yeah, I just need to say that I think those FlyQuest jerseys that you have there, Mark, I think those are the nicest jerseys we have in the LCS right now, so those are beast. And I need to call out LOL Esports. They still don't have the VODs up for LCK and LPL on their website. It's kind of driving me nuts because when you try to watch like the Twitch VODs, you kind of see the spoiler with how, uh, how long the VOD is going to be, so that's kind of cringe and they need to fix that it so is that's all
0: and they won't thanks so much for the call i know we'll see
9: you later thanks for having me on guys
1: yeah reddit.com slash lol event vods is the is the play you gotta do slash r slash uh, whatever yeah yeah you got me you got me fake fan mark
0: what do you got for us what do you want to shout out what's going on blame game tomorrow no, what, blame it came game out today? To, hey, what are you, blame what are you doing
1: Dude, uh surprise test you're running tgi into the ground
0: dude it the schedule my my whole system is just fucking burned yeah, yeah i'm like releasing videos on weekends now which i used to always try to avoid weekends blame game used to come out later you're like doing work on sunday it's such a weird system earlier today or it's- earlier in the show i meant to say when FlyQuest plays 100 thieves on sunday or on thursday and i said on Friday, and I said Sunday. Oh, my God. Yeah. As you can yeah, tell, yeah, it's it, just brain broken after the first week. Uh, when you, you work Saturdays and Sundays every year for so many years and then it moves to Thursday, Friday, things get really weird.
1: Hey, Travis, by the way, I pitched using cutdowns of uh, some of your content um, is uh, between game filler. Thank you. What does that licensing deal look like?
0: What is what was the rate? You, uh, you give us at?
1: content for free, and we give you exposure.
0: Oh, you know what? I'll do it. That's fine. Um, no, I mean, I'm always, I'm always down for them to pull content that they think fits the broadcast well. So hopefully that works. All right. Uh, anything else you want to shout out, Mark?
4: Nope. Okay.
0: Well, I want to shout out The Last of Us. It's a really good show. You should go watch it. A lot less of you would like watching tar but maybe some of you would you can go check it out shout out alienware for the new aurora really love that uh i'm gonna do stuff on stream so please don't go anywhere we'll debut the next episode of surprise test because i believe it is basically done so you can see it early if you stick around on stream we'll probably do that in about 20 or 30 minutes uh, but please hang out with me because uh i really need that right now and by i need that i mean i'm going to be doing a bounty so please stick around uh that's it mark i will see you tomorrow mark actually you know that thing we were talking about maybe doing uh with the meeting we were thinking about having uh, oh 12, right yeah. 12 30 tomorrow
1: 12 30 tomorrow can you do that okay are you going are you going in person for that no no
0: no no they didn't want <laughs> to i couldn't swing that. yeah
1: get the fuck off the property i got yeah. you yeah i'll call in for it uh
0: also uh next week we will not be able to do hotline league at this time because I will be on a plane. So maybe it's. Buy a... in
1: flight Wi Fi and do it anyways. How much would the rest of the people around you love hearing a live hotline league live from 30,000 feet over the air on. Well, it's less Delta than a two hour
0: flight. So that creates a logistical challenge. Uh, well, the... once
1: you land, just, you know, you can swap over. I can stream it from here. You just got to be able to call in, actually. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess we'll figure it out. Uh, So just be ready to get something. I don't know. We're going to have to figure it out. Anyway, thanks everybody for watching and we'll catch you next time.